How's it going, folks? If you don't already know, I'm Charles Christoph Carter, one half of the duo behind the Serial Dreadfuls podcast. If any of you are into Bigfoot, then you may have heard of the Bennington Monster in southern Vermont. In this post, I'm going to suggest that it just isn't southern Vermont that qualifies for the attention of cryptid hunters, but also the mountains and forested areas of central and northern Vermont. Full disclosure, first, I am not, nor do I claim to be, a cryptid researcher, hunter, aficionado, etc. Two, I am not a cryptid authority, nor do I claim to be. And yes, I was born in Vermont, have family in central Vermont, and admittedly might be slightly biased. For the purpose of this post, I am limiting the cryptid in question to Bigfoot. However, given the rise of alleged dogman sightings worldwide, as well as some witnesses claiming to have seen both types of cryptids sharing the same geographic regions, I am not discounting the possibility of this cryptid, namely Dogman, being present in the regions I am describing, but I will be focusing on Bigfoot. Now, back to the matter at hand. My first exposure to Bigfoot, from what I can remember, was an episode of the TV show In Search Of, hosted by the late, great Leonard Nimoy. In it, some hunters, in I believe it was Texas, shot as something they couldn't quite identify. Later that night, they were besieged of their trailers by what they believed were Bigfoot, barely making it out alive. Of course, I've seen the Patterson-Gimlin film multiple times via TV shows like Sightings, Monster Quest, and of course, the aforementioned In Search Of. Now, I'm sure that many Bigfoot experts and fans are probably screaming at their phones or computers right now, asking, why are you even making this post? Why? Well, I'll tell you why. I believe that the mountains and forests of central and northern Vermont are wild enough, vast enough, and in many cases lonely enough to hide such a creature. In addition, the large deer population, along with the lush plant life and water sources in the forms of springs, streams, rivers, and ponds are arguably enough to support it. Now, have I ever seen a Bigfoot? or any other cryptid for that matter. No, no I have not. But I did hear something that I cannot explain. A scream so loud, so long, and so wild as to border on the unnatural. What I can say is that I believe that what I heard wasn't something that came from any wild or domestic animal known to be in that area. I heard this scream. Yes, a scream, not a roar, on my late grandmother's property in central Vermont. Now, you're probably going to ask, All right, wise guy, what makes you think what you heard was a Bigfoot? Can I truthfully say that what I heard was a Bigfoot? No, I can't. But here are some of the reasons why I believe that what I heard came from something of the cryptid variety. 1. My late grandmother's property is located on the side of a mountain. Two, her neighbors, of which there are only a few, are situated a good distance away from where I heard the scream. Three, there is no human being that I know of who is large enough, who has enough lung capacity, or who has a vocal range to produce the scream that I heard coming from deep in the woods past the ridge above my grandmother's house. 
Oh, and did I mention that the only neighbors my grandmother had past the ridge above her house were squirrels, deer, porcupine, the occasional bear, and bobcats. I know what you're thinking. Bobcats. What I probably heard was a bobcat, right? Or maybe a bear. Now look, I'm no Marty Stauffer, but I'm pretty sure that a bobcat doesn't have enough bass in its voice, no matter what the situation may be, to make you want to get in your car and immediately leave the area, which is exactly what my older cousin who was visiting with her kids did. She gathered up her little girls and hauled butt out of there as fast as she could. And from what I know, bears roar and even sometimes hoot. But I've never heard on film or otherwise, and I've never had any of the hunters I know tell me that bears scream or shout like a man or a primate. Now this by itself probably wouldn't have warranted my taking the time to put together this little audio post. However, being curious about what I had heard, I stumbled upon an internet entry regarding some campers who several years earlier had heard a similar bone-chilling scream while camping in a national forest a little ways away from my late grandmother's property. Despite having been born in Vermont, I grew up in the suburbs of New York. As a child, I spent half of my summer with my grandmother so that I could get to know her better, as well as the rest of my family on my mom's side. My only real experience in the forest came from hiking around the woods on my grandmother's property and that of some of her neighbors. Most of this time, I was with my cousins. Some of the times, though, I was by myself. It wasn't until recently, however, that I found something out that gave me goosebumps. See, it wasn't until a year or two ago that I learned that the woods are supposed to be filled with sound. Birds singing, insects buzzing, you know, things like that, life in general. Up until finding this out, I always thought that the woods were supposed to be dead quiet. Why? Because they always had been when I was in them, especially when I was by myself. Like I said, I grew up in the suburbs. I had no other woods to compare these to. I never thought to ask my grandmother or any of my uncles or aunt. I asked my mom recently. She told me that, no, there's supposed to be sound in the woods, and you're supposed to see animals, like squirrels, every now and then. And she grew up on the property when she was a teenager. I'm here to tell you, with the exception of once seeing three porcupines on a tree limb, I never saw any animals in those woods. I would hike on parts of my grandmother's property, and the hairs on the back of my neck would rise up, despite it being in the middle of the day. What was weird was that I could go back to the same place a few hours later, or even days later, and things would be perfectly fine. Even on those rare times that I would go back at night, it got to the point where I realized that whatever was giving me the spooks and causing me to sprint back to my grandmother's house in fear was moving around and wasn't necessarily tied to any particular part of the property. While the woods on the property were dead quiet during the day, it was at night that you start to hear sounds. The loud snapping of tree branches, the loud crack of rocks hitting other rocks down by the stream across the road, I always chalked it up to these sounds being the local wildlife moving around at night, and in most cases, I believe it was. However, it wasn't until very recently 
while listening to an episode of the podcast, OK Talk, specifically the vocalizations recorded at Devil's Creek that I realized at the nighttime whoops that I had always attributed to roosting birds may, in fact, have been something else. Yeah, I know. This in 275 will get you on the subway. Where's the evidence, you're probably asking. Are you really supposed to believe the memories of a kid from the suburbs who meandered around the woods one month out of the year? And you've got a point. But before you start complaining that these have been minutes out of your life that you can never get back, do me a favor and pull up Google Maps or Google Earth and take a look at central and northern Vermont. The fact is, the satellite images don't do these areas justice. You need to go outside the tourist areas and small cities and large towns, outside of Burlington, Rutland, Middlebury, and Killington, to the places where even the locals call out of the way. Ignore the valleys and take a look at all those big green mountains. Yes, there are those, like my late grandparents, who lived and live in those mountains and hollows, but not as many as you think. A few of those mountains used to contain large fruit orchards and active mines a hundred or more years ago and are now so covered in trees that you'd never know anything had been there unless you speak with some of the old timers in the area. Many of those mountains, however, have probably never been touched. There's a reason the mountains of Vermont are so rounded. They're old. The Green Mountains are actually part of the Appalachian Mountain Range, the mountains of which are some of the oldest in the world. While not the vast coastal rainforests of the Pacific Northwest, I believe many of these wild mountainous areas are remote enough to hide a bipedal cryptid like Bigfoot, even if those mountains border roads and farm pastures. Now, is all of this enough to support my claim that cryptid researchers should direct their searches to central and northern Vermont? Maybe not, but I believe that it bears some looking into. If you're already a cryptid researcher performing investigations in Vermont, good on you. Let us know you're out there by tweeting us at at sdreadfuls. Again, this is just my two cents. Not a challenge, only a suggestion. Cryptid researchers are always looking for somewhere new to investigate. I'm just pointing in a direction. I welcome your comments.